This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies your dog's behavior so you can get the very best results from your dog training. This show is brought to you by FamilyDogFusion.com. For professional advice, dog training tips, ebooks, and a video to teach your dog how to walk on a leash, go to FamilyDogFusion.com and sign up for your free membership today. I have been doing this for a long time. Can't tell you how much I love to do this and how much I love what I do. 20 years ago, I was worried about having a job. I realized after being fired from my last three jobs that I just cannot work for someone else. I needed to find something I loved and figure out a way to make a living doing that thing. My first thought, of course, was volleyball because I had coached for nine years. But the truth is, I never really was good at that. We would love for you to join our community of dog lovers. Log on to Facebook and search for our business page, Family Dog Fusion. There you will get updates as to what's going on with our dog-loving family and friends from all over the world. See events, our travels, or just information that you may need about the podcast, our book, or the new products we'll be releasing. That's Family Dog Fusion on Facebook. See you there. This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies your dog's behavior just because I can. I am Benny Copeland, behaviorist to the dogs, trainer to people, and just like you, the listener, a dog lover. Thanks for showing up five minutes late. The show has started and you missed the best parts, but we're still glad you're here. Enjoy. Yes, I figured out that dog training was the thing that I wanted to do for the rest of my life, and I probably will be doing it for the rest of my life. How did that happen, though? If you're a loyal listener, you've heard many stories in many parts. And today, I'm going to put it all together along with a show that will teach you my progression so that you never have to make all those mistakes that I made. Okay, okay, I know you think there is no way I've made any mistakes in my life, but it's true. And guess what? I'm going to fess up right after this. Do you love what you hear in all of these podcasts? Does what Benny say just make sense to you? Well, if you want a more in-depth understanding of what it means when we say demystify your dog's behavior, then you need to go to amazon.com and get Benny's book. Family Dog Fusion. Yes, we named the book after the website because we wanted things to be simple to remember. And most of all, we really want to fuse your dog into your family. In these few pages, Benny has decoded dog behavior. He's found a way to make what he has learned over the past 20 years of his life make sense when it comes to communicating with your dog. Also, the great thing about this book is you can mark up the pages, highlight the important stuff, bend the heck out of the spine even if you want to. It's yours. So we suggest to do all those things and then give it away and buy a new book when that happens. Family Dog Fusion on Amazon.com. Get your copy today. Prior to the year 2000, my daughter had asked for a dog. And my wife and I at the time said that we would get her a dog once we put a fence around the yard. That year, when we asked her what she wanted for Christmas, she said, a fence. I knew from the time that she was able to talk that she was smarter than me, 
but I never knew how much smarter until right then. And the truth is, we never really intended to put a fence up in our yard. We also didn't want to get a dog in the winter months, so it's just too cold to potty train. Listen to episode 166 if you want to know the best time to get a dog. Her birthday is in the spring, so we told her we would get her a dog for her birthday. And it just so happened that while we were looking at dog breeds, we ran across an ad for Border Collie puppies in a town about an hour outside of Nashville. And we had a volleyball tournament in Kentucky that week um, before her birthday, so we decided to drop by the breeder's place and take a look on the way out of town. Of course, we fell in love with one of the puppies. It was kind of a runt. It was very cute and very smart. And we were so smart, too, because we were looking before we were going out of town. So we couldn't take the dog with us, but we went ahead and paid for it so we could pick it up on the way back. Real smart. Of course, the whole time we were at the tournament, my daughter was useless at the volleyball. (laughs) So that may have been a foretelling for me. I don't know. And we had told our daughter that she was going to have to train the dog to stay in the yard since we didn't have a fence and we needed some other training as well. And of course, it didn't happen right at first. It's one of those things you talk about, but you just don't jump right on. Gabby, so named by our daughter, was about 10 weeks old when we brought her home and tiny. She did not seem to be much of a problem other than she was a little bit hyper About 10 months old, she was out of control. I thought I was pretty good with dogs. I mean, I've had dogs all my life. I can literally count on one hand the number of years that I have not had dogs. And that was pretty much when I was in college. Um, And, you know, I felt like I was good at training and working with dogs. But she was not easy to train. (laughs) She did not adhere to the punishments that I gave her for being bad. And as a matter of fact, she just seemed to mock me. She was very willful. One Sunday morning, our neighbor came over to the house before church and she was wearing white pants. We were outside throwing the ball for Gabby. And when Gabby saw the neighbor, she of course ran over to her and jumped right up on her, leaving a big, muddy, perfect, I might add, footprint on her pants. Gabby ruined her pants, and we were reminded of that very often. (laughs) The next day, we called a trainer. Now, the company was called Cumberland Canine, and it was owned by a couple that had invested in dog training obedience classes at a school in Ohio. Uh, At this time, this school was one of the only dog training schools that was accredited, whatever that means. And my daughter and I just really fell in love with the training. Uh, We ended up going much further than just the basic commands. Uh, We started getting involved in other types of obedience trials and sports trials uh, that were available at the time. Actually, I talk a little bit more in depth uh, about some of these sports with a guest. Her name was Linda Gregg, and that was episode 206. Gabby excelled, and... I wanted to continue training. And at this time, I had started to work for myself and had some extra time. So I worked part-time for a year with Cumberland Canine. They had two other part-time trainers at that time, and they were training about five to eight dogs per month. Now, when I started, my background was in business, and I started doing some marketing for them as well. 
Within two years, I tripled their business. Now, the first year was part-time, the second year being full-time. I actually went on full-time with them. And during this time, I trained hundreds of dogs. I trained almost every breed you can imagine, definitely every personality type. Every, we worked on every behavior you could just about think of. And this is all I did for over a year. The facility had the capacity to house about 50 dogs. And during the holidays, it was totally packed. And that's all we did. All I did all day long was work with dogs, work with dogs, work with dogs. Well, every day I went to work, I would start by doing all the caring for all the dogs and doing the training routines. And if you remember, Cumberland Canine used what I call a corrective method of training. And this means that we would actually sit down with the owner and kind of create a laundry list of all the problems that their dog had. And then while we were doing the training, we would work on correcting those behaviors as well. And this was everything. I mean, we took in aggressive dogs. We took in high anxiety dogs. We took in every kind of behavior can imagine. We rarely ever turned anyone away. I don't ever recall doing that. Now, I bought into this method at the time. I mean, this is how we trained Gabby and every dog that came through the kennel when they came through um, when I was working for those two years. At some point, I became very disenchanted with this job. I didn't like going. I mean, I loved the dogs. I loved working with the people. I hated the drive. It was a really long drive. And I hated doing the training. And I noticed that there were a few dogs when using this method of training that we actually broke them. We broke the dogs. And because of that dog's personality, it would not come back. It would rarely, if ever, work well on the leash again. Um, They just didn't have the personality for the corrective method of training. This is kind of in my brain wondering why this doesn't work. I was beginning to understand about this method of training. And again, like I said, I saw it didn't work on every dog. I already had understood why that motivation didn't work on every dog. I mean, the main reason is, is that there are a lot of dogs not motivated, motivated. (laughs) There are a lot of dogs not motivated by food. Molly, my lab golden retriever mix, was one of those. In episode 070 and again in episode 244, I talk about a mental shift that I went through with Molly, and this really changed my life and my thoughts on training. In 2003, I left Cumberland Canine. Well, I was fired, and that was my third job to be fired from. Uh, I'm not going to get into that story, Um, but I had also been fired from a couple other jobs in the previous six years or so. I started really understanding that I don't work well for others, and I needed to do something on my own. I started training. I was doing my own training, working with people uh, one-on-one. And then in 2004, late, I started my own kennel and training center. Now, here's where my path changed and that I started training in the way that I teach now. 
But I will t- tell you, it was definitely a journey. It was There were so many stumbling blocks on the way. I only knew one way to train. I also understood that that way didn't work, but it was something that I had to figure out. Now, the kennel stayed open for about seven years, and uh, we closed it in 2011. This was this year was a major, major year for me. There were so many things that happened in my life, and it definitely was a turning point for training the way that I train now, and I, I'm on my own now. I mean, I'm living with two dogs, Molly and Oz. Um, I was only responsible for myself, and I really had to make this thing a business in order to work. This is also the year I actually started working on my book. Uh, by 2017, when it was published, many of those ideas in 2011, those rules, the processes, they changed from the way that I had originally thought and originally learned to train dogs and people. I now was mainly training people, so I had to be able to explain what I knew. I have to answer all your silly questions, and I had to at least look like I know what I'm doing. Now, next week, I have a special guest. We are going to talk about the transition and my growth in training style. Nicole has been a guest on the show a couple times, and she actually ran my kennel for almost a couple years, and then she left for bigger and better things. This will be something that we talk about. A few years ago, she came back to Nashville, and she assisted me with training and clients. At one point, she made a comment about how much I've changed in my training and my teaching since 2006 when we met and she started working at the kennel. So if you'll indulge me, I would love for her to explain what she saw and will enjoy her perspective. It might get a little personal. There may be some vulnerable moments for me there. Nicole has been a very close personal friend since we've met in 2006. There have been many ups and downs with her and I, and we are going to talk about them. As a matter of fact, uh, we have already recorded that show. I'm recording this afterwards. So I believe it's going to be a very fun, very good show. And it was it was totally improv. There was no script or anything. It's just her and I having a conversation. Um, she is happens to be visiting from Southern California, and she agreed to sit with me and record. And I'm very grateful. From 2011 until now, my training has developed into what it is today. And believe me when I say, I still learn and experience new things every day. It's an experience I love, and I will continue to do it for the rest of my life. So in summary, today I reminisce about my training past and processes. You discovered that I've not always been the fun-loving, people-pleasing person that I am now. And you also learned that training has many stumbling blocks that you will need to overcome. Thank you. If you would like to contact us, we have a link on our website, familydogfusion.com. We would love to hear your opinion and we value your feedback. So again, familydogfusion.com. Or if you just want to send us a direct message, you can do that via email. It goes to familydogfusion at gmail.com. Your comments are important to us and help us with future shows. 
Thank you for listening to our show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and family. Also, go ahead and give us a five-star review because it helps others find our show. And frankly, we just love to read them. This show is produced by Eric Jayner and show notes are created by Carissa Dolan. Thank you to all of the Family Dog Fusion team and our affiliate sponsor, Healthy Paws Pet Insurance. For your free pet insurance quote, go to familydogfusion.com slash insurance. And go to familydogfusion.com and sign up for your free membership today. Be impeccable with your dog. 